0: today on in spirit and truth with pastor jd farag
1: every opportunity that we have that god gives us in the short amount of time that we have he goes on to say in verse 17 therefore do not be foolish but understand what the lord's will is in other words it's the lord's will that we redeem the time, that we live wisely, that we are very careful and make the most of every opportunity.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Colossians. Paul implores you, believer, to be wise in action and word toward non-believers, God has given you divine opportunities to share and demonstrate the love and mercy of God to others who don't know it. Pastor J.D. will encourage you today to be faithful and take advantage of these opportunities because there may not be much time left. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Colossians chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: Colossians chapter 4, and only two verses today, verses 5 and 6. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is writing and says, verse 5, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation, verse 6, be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. I want to talk with you today about how we as God's people treat other people, especially those who are not believers. And the reason why is because here in these two verses Paul is exhorting us concerning the paramount importance of how we act toward others. So as I usually do during the course of a week in anticipation of a Sunday morning sermon, I spend some time in prayer. I seek the Lord concerning the text and how I should approach the text in teaching it. And this week I discerned and sensed that the Lord would have me to take the approach of posing a series of questions. So what follows are five questions within these two verses that I think every one of us would do well to answer. And let's start with this first question in the first part of verse 5. Am I wise in the way that I interact with those who are not Christians? You know what I find interesting is that right after Paul, in the previous verses, asks for prayer, very specifically for prayer that God would give him boldness, that God would open up doors for the Gospel, that right after he asks for specific prayer about winning non-believers to Christ, that he would now talk about walking in wisdom toward non-believers in order to win them to Christ. It's like he's saying, Not only should we too be praying that God opens up doors for us with the unbeliever, but when he does, we need to be wise toward the unbeliever. There are two questions that I believe every non-Christian is asking. The first question they're asking is, is it real? Perhaps better asked, are you for real? Maybe even better asked, are you the real deal? And the second question they're asking is, does the Christian life work? And by the way, they want the Christian life to work. And they want you to be the real deal. Do you realize that they're reading the letter of your life? They're watching you as a Christian and how you live your life. That's what the Apostle Paul says to the Corinthians in his second epistle, the third chapter, verse 2. He says, you yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. The non-believer is watching you all the time. They're seeing how you react under stress, how you treat other people. And oh, by the way, isn't that what Jesus himself would have to say? That the way the non-believer is going to know that we are His disciples, His followers, is by our love one for another. In other words, how we treat one another. Well, this sort of dovetails into the second question in the second part of verse 5. And it's, do I make the most of every opportunity and redeem the time? Important to understand that this word redeem carries with it the idea of having value, just like you would redeem a coupon or something of value. And what Paul is saying is time is valuable. Redeem it. Make the most of every opportunity that the Lord presents to you. Now keep in mind, he's writing this letter from prison, in a dungeon of a prison, and he himself is taking advantage of that opportunity while he's there. To me, Paul knows what every one of us should know, and it's that God will set up these divine appointments in order that we might seize the moment. We have to first recognize it. You know when it comes to time, it's the great equalizer, is it not? We all have the same exact amount of time. That's not the question. The question is, what do we do with our time? Do we waste our time? I have to confess that this is an area in my life where the Lord has really been dealing with me. I've been very open with you as a church with my struggles when it comes to traffic. God speaks to me a lot in traffic. And the problem is, is that, it's in those times that we don't recognize that maybe this is an opportunity for me. One commentator noted, you see it there on the screen, this is interesting. I actually don't like statistics like this. They, they're very uh, disturbing. Disturbing. <laughs> but the average American spends six months of their life waiting at a red stoplight. And that's when the Lord just says, "Uh, Hello? Why don't you make the most of this time? You got nothing better to do. Hey, why don't you pray? What a great idea. You know what I do? In fact, (laughs) some of my best time In prayer is when I'm driving from my house to church. It takes me 22 minutes as a law-abiding citizen who drives the speed limit, 22 minutes-ish, depending on traffic. That is 22 minutes of very valuable time that I can spend talking with God. Spend that time in prayer. Make the most of every opportunity that God presents you. Redeem that time. That's time that you can redeem. It's valuable time. Use it wisely. That's what Paul is saying. He echoes this in his epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 5. Really expounds on it more so in verses 15 through 17. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. And here's why. Because the days are evil. There's not much time left. We should be found faithful in taking advantage of every opportunity that we have, that God gives us in the short amount of time that we have. He goes on to say in verse 17, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. In other words, it's the Lord's will that we redeem the time, that we live wisely, that we are very careful and make the most of every opportunity. Here's the next question, question number three. First part of verse six. Do I err on the side of an abundance of grace? I'll explain why I ask that question that way. Paul says that our our words need to be with grace. Our words need to be gracious. We need to have grace and be gracious, especially when we are interacting with the non-Christian. One of the things that I'm learning in my walk with the Lord, especially as a pastor, maybe even more so as a parent, is that it's not so much what I say or do, it's how I say it and how I do it. I, I can say the right thing in the wrong way. If we're going to err... We need to err on the side of an abundance of grace. I have never regretted being gracious. Conversely, I have many regrets when I should have shown more grace. Well, here's question number four. And I want to spend a little bit of time on this one because it's really interesting. The question is this Does my conversation with others bring comfort and encouragement? Here, Paul refers to our words not only being gracious, but also being seasoned with salt, which in that culture meant so much more than it does for us today. The value of salt in that day was such that some were actually paid with salt, which is where we get that saying, they're worth their salt, because that was how in that Roman Empire, that's how they were paid, with salt. It carried that much value. You know, our English word salary comes from the Latin word "salarium." Sal is the Latin word for salt. So what's Paul saying here? Our words season with salt. Well, what he's saying is, is that our conversations should have the same effect that salt has. What does salt do? Well, salt preserves, salt adds flavor, salt creates thirst, and perhaps more importantly, salt can be a healing agent. That's what Paul's saying here. Salt keeps the rottenness away. It's a preserving agent. Salt adds flavor. Salt should, and always does, create this thirst. And when we're talking with people, especially the non-Christian, our conversation should have a flavorful, salty effect. Not salty in the negative sense. That totally came out wrong. You get the point. But even more so, our words should have the effect of bringing healing and comfort and encouragement. When we're talking with people, it should have this edifying effect. I was thinking about this, and I, as I was looking through this list and seeking to apply it in my own life, as a pastor and a teacher. And the Lord kind of brought something to my attention that I've thought about, but I always want to make sure I'm never guilty of. And it's this, that when we're talking about the Lord, it should never be boring. It should be full of flavor, full of joy, I think it is, and this might come off maybe a little bit strong. I hope you don't misunderstand me when I say this. But I think it is a shame when a teacher of God's Word is dry. There's no flavor. I mean, it's just, you know... I just think that the Word of God is so exciting, and I think it is just sad when there's no flavor there's it's just bland and boring and dry. Are you kidding me? I have to share this i Especially now that I said I have to share this. So now I really have to share it. When I was in California, getting my son settled in, in college, I went to visit a church. No need to mention the name. And it was a church close by the campus. I'm trying to find a church that my son can go to. And I a relatively small church. So we go, we sit in the back, and first of all, uh, nobody even said hi to us. I had to ask one of the greeters for a bulletin, and it was almost like I was, you know, it was I was inconveniencing them. That's why I always say that it is a privilege to be the pastor of this amazing church. I always, I mean, I, I hear it all the time when we have online visitors, as we do today, and they just say, man, you... What This is a really loving church. And I, this is probably as good of a time as any to uh, say to you, as the pastor of this church, thank you for being such an amazing and loving church. You make the pastorate such a joy. Not many pastors, I would venture to say the majority of pastors cannot say that. I have the privilege of being able to to say that. It is a joy to pastor this church. You guys are the real deal. You guys are a loving people. So we sit in the back and we're kind of looking around, very uncomfortable. And we're kind of looking around and I, I, I always do this because I'm the pastor. I'm trying to figure out who the pastor is. So I'm looking around. Like, oh, can't be him! Look, look at that guy! Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know how sometimes people who are visiting think when I step up to the pulpit. In fact, this happened when we were at the old church many years ago. Um, visitor comes to the church and didn't know who the pastor was, but just wanted to, you know, visit the church. Had heard about the church, not me, just the church. So he's sitting there and. So when I get up, he says, oh, Hank, I thought, he said, and, and you did the announcements? I thought, I'm so glad that this isn't the pastor of the church. And then you kept going, and I realized you were the pastor. <laughs> I was like, thank you. I don't think he came back. I don't know why. It must have been a... So we're sitting there in the back, and... The pastor, bless his heart, I mean, just a low-key guy, I guess, maybe it's a temperament thing, but he opened up God's Word, and it happened to be a passage that I'm very familiar with, and a passage that I had already taught, and I was really excited when he said, turn in your Bibles, and it was in Galatians, and I'm like, all right, and... Ah, I was just grieved. One of the most exciting passages of Scripture. And I mean, it was like you were at a memorial service. And it was hard to follow. There was no flavor. It was so bland. And we just left and... I don't think my son has ever forgiven me for that. So the next time I went back, I took him to Ray Bentley's church, Maranatha Chapel in San Diego. A little further away, but boy was I so glad I did. I know I kind of digress a little bit there, but maybe I can just say one more thing. When we as believers talk with non-believers and we don't have that flavor, that salt, that joy, that excitement, that passion, and they look at our lives, and we might say something to them like, "You you wouldn't want to go to church with me, would you? No, right? that presupposes that you're even going to ask him.
0: Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor J.D. at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at calvarychapelkadeohe.com. That's office at calvarychapelcaneohe.com. Would you do the same for us, please? Keep Pastor J.D. and our church staff in your prayers, asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers, too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying, and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth. Love